Hello everyone. Hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending um, to-be-read piles. Uh, today's episode, we're doing um, books with morally grey characters. Yeah, we literally uh, butchered um, a blog, blog post on Tony's. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why it's I was going to do love interests, and then I actually found that most of the books I wanted to put on this list was not necessarily love interests. Mm. So I was like, characters. Yeah, just characters. So um, this isn't the whole of Tony's list. Mm. She had a humongous one, so it'll be available in our card, mm. a link to her. Um, before we get to it, I have a pre-planned tangent. Go on. Right. <laughs> pre-planned tangent. Pre-planned tangent. <laughs> okay. So I got you something. I just went on holiday last week. Um, and I got you something which I feel like is on theme. Okay. For the podcast. Oh Are you God, ready? I'm excited. <gasps> no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so cute. It's an octopus. But I, I was desperately trying to find some kind of weird Tenerife weird janky octopus that looked like a kraken (laughs) that would have been so funny but in the end i just got you an octopus oh my god i love it thank you and i just thought tentacles shades of green which is my favorite oh thank you right (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to find you some weird kraken type thing and that's that's all i could find was an octopus (laughs) that's gonna be like my um my Legends, like it's just gonna, that's what I'm gonna be known for now. <laughs> the girl. Oh my god, I love it! Thank you. Okay. That is so cute. Yeah, I don't like when people go suck on holiday and give you keyrings for the place that you've never been, and then you've mm. just got a keyring for a place you've never been. Yeah, but I was like, so this is mo- mostly octopus and just a little bit of Tenerife. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Um, but that's it was so just a little cute. nod to the tentacles. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode 69 if you haven't already. <laughs> anyway, there we go. That's, that's our pre planned tangent, which she didn't know about. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, when I when I complete my lesbian transformation and I finally get my, um, what are they called? The crocodile clip? No. And you put oh your yeah, on the, the, loop the on your jeans. It's in a loop, but it's on like a little bit of wire yeah, that you can pull out. I can have this hanging out. Yeah, you, that's what you're missing. You're missing a lanyard. I've been considering it, and I was like, You need a lanyard that you strap to your belt. Is it too gay? <laughs> and then I was like, no, I just completely should just, just do it. Just do it. Because when I get to the house, and I have baby, I'm carrying mm-hmm. all of my son's bags and a stick he picked up that he couldn't carry because he needs his hands <laughs> That's everywhere. a very important stick. Yeah, and I'm like, I have to put stuff down to delve into my bag to find my keys. But if I had them... Yeah. Just a whoop. Lesbian. Right. Okay. <laughs> Lesbians have it right. <laughs> they certainly do. But then I'm going to be sporting my uh, Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, you just need to know that that stands for Kraken whenever yeah. you look at it. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's so cute. Um, okay, so we're going to start with... Oh, so even though it's your list, you don't know what order I'm going to be doing it. No, because... Um, or, um, you don't even know which ones I picked, I don't think. I kind of just scroll through, but yeah. not a thorough look. Because, yeah, she took the the blog and then went and found like the proper like summaries for each book because I don't link those anywhere I just, I just literally did a bullet pointed list of mm. like I found it from a bunch of different sources here's it all in one place and then yeah. we went and took that and made it something we could actually use so I've made a um, a tag list on Storygraph 
and it's available for the public so you can have a look it's called books with morally great characters i will mm. link it in our card so six of crows yeah i think pretty much all of them are morally gray but specifically yeah. Kaz. yeah <laughs> oh lord and savior Kaz Brecker. <laughs> yeah i'm halfway through season two of shadow shadow and bone but they've been officially renewed for like a six of crows yeah spin-off which is actually following the events of six of crows mm. So it's kind of clever how they blended the two storylines. Like, I can see why they, how they've done it. I saw some people were saying, like, um, what they've used too much of, like, the Six of Crows story in it, so what are they going to do specifically for? But obviously I haven't seen it, so I don't know what. Um, oh, like, we're getting, like, Kaz's backstory now and things like that. Mm. So I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of arc... Yeah, they'll go on on the whole heist. Yeah, I forget that the Shadow and Bone show has the Shadow and Bone storyline mm. because it wouldn't have held up the show by itself. So I'm glad they mixed in the Six of Crows. Matt and they, they genuinely have not tried to give Man and Lena any more personality than they have in the actual fucking books. Um, yeah, so that wouldn't have carried. No, like like Man and Lena still suck. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Six of Crows is a duology which is. I guess a kind of spin-off slash continuation from the Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo. Yeah, the Grisha Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got the Rule of Wolves duology. And then there's a new something coming out. So Six of Crows is the first in the duology. I will read you the blurb from a storygraph. Ketterdam, a bustling hub of international trade where anything can be had for the right price, and no one knows that better than criminal prodigy Kaz Brecker. Kaz is offered a chance at a deadly heist that can make him rich beyond his wildest dreams, but he cannot pull it off alone. There's a convict with a first thirst for revenge, a sharp shooter who can't walk away from a wager, a runaway with a privileged past, oh yeah, mm-hmm. a spy known as the Wraith. A heart render using her magic to survive the slums, a thief with a gift for unlikely escapes. Kaz's crew is the only thing that might stand between the world and destruction if they don't kill each other first. Hmm. I have never read the actual Never have I. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's a heist, which is fantasy heists are brilliant. Yep. I and it's like a found heist. family. Mm. Oh. All that great stuff. Yeah. Um, Kaz is unapologetically like who he's had to be to survive, and he does Aww. some pretty dodgy shit. But all the characters do some fairly, fairly dodgy shit. Like they've all killed someone. It's the world they live in. Mm. Uh, I think if you were completely like good and kind and. Mm that you'd very quickly get eaten up yeah, alive dead. so but like i don't know like they sort of show like the moral gray line he walks of like later on one of his enemies he threatens mm. he threatens the guy's kid and everyone's like oh that's too far mm. but then he actually hasn't hurt the kid no the kid is somewhere safe completely different yeah, like he could it's just a done worse yeah, yeah. so it's like it, yeah so it's that the kind of line is that he's not hurting innocent I think, children. Like, he wouldn't use slaves. Like uh, he's done really well at um, cultivating like a mystique around himself. Mm. So 
he he does do bad stuff. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's done what he's had to do. But I think like with a bit of a moral code about it. Yeah, and people I think think he's a lot more evil than potentially he is. Well, especially as we know. get his inner because you they it switches POVs. Mm. And you get his inner monologue where he's like, Inej, you are so beautiful. Yeah, like we get to see him just being all simping. (laughs) And then like, I'm a sad boy. I'm so sad. My tragic backstory, TM. Inej, 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 Inej. I love her. I have no fucking idea what's going on. And then you see other people looking at him and they're like, cold heart. He's not talking. He must be thinking about killing someone (laughs) or whatever. But yeah. Um... Yeah, I like the colour of your nails. Just that quick tangent, because I've just noticed Although, that. that was my holiday nails. holiday nails. You see there's one stamped, though. It was sad you were coming home. Oh, no, it was when I was um, shaving. Got, you know when you catch it with a razor? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Next on the list is another one we've both read. The Cruel Prince by Holly Black so that's the yes. first in the Folk of Air series and I've only read the first book yep you've read the trilogy yep. I would say that the morally grey character is not who you think is going to be going into it no I agree with that um, and I think that there's very much from just the first book I read there's a um, an arc of a certain character by which I mean the main character. Mm. The main character goes on a journey in the first book alone. Yeah. And I would say that she exemplifies some morally grey um But decisions. everyone would kind of think it's the prince who's the cruel, cruel exactly, prince, quite yeah. much, who actually isn't cruel and doesn't do a single fucking bad thing, really, apart from being a bit of a bully. Yeah, and like, um, as we've kind of mentioned with Zodiac Academy in a previous episode, um, the Fae act how their people act mm. like Zim likes to yeah the survival of the fittest kind of thing mm, yeah of like you know you have to be you have to fay up as they say in yeah. the academy <laughs> so um <laughs> of course I want to be like them does that not taste good no <laughs> Tony's just started tried to drink and she looks it's cucumber seltzer seltzer is just like fizzy drink right yeah i think it's just like fizzy. i don't know i don't know how i feel about that was that from the, the box of healthy, healthy snacks? snacks something and nothing well, that's literally the name of the brand oh i don't know how i feel about that i'm gonna keep drinking it but cucumber sauce. sorry guys you want to live taste reaction like cucumber yeah if i hadn't been sick i'd offer you to like but you don't want of course I want to be like them they're beautiful as blades forged in some divine fire they will live forever and Cardin is even more beautiful than the rest I hate him more than all the others I hate him so much that sometimes when I look at him I can hardly breathe (laughs) Jude was seven years old when her parents were murdered and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous high court of fairy ten years later Jude wants nothing more than to belong here despite oh, belong there sorry despite her mortality but many of the fae despise humans especially prince Cardin, the youngest and wickedest son of the high king to win a place at the court she must defy him and face the consequences yeah actually i think that sums it up quite well yeah. it's usually um sold as a very different 
book to what it is. People Enemies talk to about yeah. and like no, no, it's like political. It's uh, war. It's about Jude's rise to power, essentially. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think she is the more more really gay, gray character, not yeah, him. But most people characterise the prince as more really gray. Yeah, when actually he does nothing wrong. He doesn't like hurting people. He doesn't like killing. Whereas Jude is just like fairly happy to towards. Yeah, as the books go on. Yeah, and once she learns that, or once she, um, yeah, learns when she learns that she can use things like being able to lie to her advantage, mm. she very and much like, does. <laughs> she wants power. Mm. She starts to seek ways to feel powerful because she's powerless in a world full of like fairies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not mm, would it be considered a spoiler? I think if I phrase it a certain way, it wouldn't be. There does come an opportunity to escape or like leave that kind of mm. dog eat dog world and she does not take it no nope. does not choose the easy route yeah it does not choose the easy route that's the good mm. good way of saying it yeah, good, yeah. Good. i really enjoyed this series yeah yeah i need to finish it <laughs> oh, you like literally you read the first book recommended it to me so then I went and read all three and you were like I still haven't read anything more I read like two chapters of the second one <laughs> that's just who I am as I've a done person, this a few, a few times though you like you read one book in the series and you've gone oh this is good read it and then I read the whole series and you're like okay I'll, I'll talk to you about this in two years time the only thing I didn't do that with was the Grisha verse mm. I devoured yeah. that yeah, you've heard through that. And I Skullduggery as well. Skullduggery. Yeah. And then I hit Lost the... momentum. I don't know, 11 books deep though, that's really good for you. That is actually. I do need to finish that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, right. <laughs> it's been like a year since I went to see him. I know. <laughs> oh. I get distracted by shiny things, right? <laughs> if we were villains, neither of us have read this. No. By M. L. Rio. My understanding is every single character is mm, probably not even morally great. I think they're all just bad characters. <laughs> uh, on the day Oliver Marks is released from jail, the man who put him there is waiting at the door. Detective Colborne wants to know the truth, and after ten years, Oliver is finally ready to tell it. A decade ago, Oliver is one of the seven young Shakespearean actors at Delcher Classical Conservatory, a place of keen ambition and fierce competition. In this secluded world of firelight and leather-bound books, Oliver and his friends play the same roles on stage and off. Hero, villain, tyrant, temptress. Ah, that word that I can't say. I think I got you to pronounce it last time. Ingenue. Thank you. (laughs) Extras. But in their fourth and final year, good-natured rivalries turn ugly and on opening night, real violence invades the students' world of make-believe. In the morning, the fourth years find themselves facing their very own tragedy and their greatest acting challenge yet convincing the police each other and themselves that they are innocent. So, um, I believe there's a murder. There's been a murder. (laughs) And, uh, <laughs> and are you even British if you don't? <laughs> and the story uh, kind of jumps between it all. Um, okay. So you know that Oliver's gone to jail for it, but I think the story is unravelling whether he was mm. to blame or not. 
I have started this as an audio. I think I got like twenty percent in. I've got that, haven't I? It's one of the ones. I think it's buried at the back. Yeah, there. I think it's you do have shelves. it. Yeah, because I bought a box set of that author, didn't I? I'm sure it was her. I get her mixed up with someone else. No, not this one. Mm. I'm not asking you what's on my shelves, but no. Um, <laughs> it was Lockhart E. Lockhart. Yeah, that I this bought. is M. L. Rio. You got um. We were liars and stuff like that. Oh, I get these all mixed up. They're very similar. But things. yeah, so I think that cat outside sounds quite funny. If you can pick that up, it's a cat. Yeah, there's <laughs> a cat that meows plaintively. That's a neighbour's cat that sounds like it's dying, but it just does that for a few hours every day. It's great fun. So yeah, that's one that I do want to read. I have picked it up before, and obviously it's Dark Academia, which mm. is my vibe. I don't. I, I don't know. I knew nothing about this book. I just didn't think this, that's what it was. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so they're all like Shakespearean students. So like almost like one of us is next vibes, but older. Mm. Like one of us is lying. Yeah. One of us is lying. Yeah. yeah. But older. Not yeah. And um, less YA. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Next is a series that you are currently reading, A Darker Shade of Magic. That is the one you're reading. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I had to think about that. I don't know why. Shades of Magic series by V. Schwab. So this is a fantasy trilogy. It is a yes. trilogy, isn't it? Um, do you agree? Morally grey? Um, depends who they're saying is morally grey. I think. Lila is the morally grey character and like Holland maybe I'm not so much Kel Kel just does grey shit because he has to so I don't know yeah yes <laughs> yes <conclusion>. <laughs> so <laughs> Kel is one of the last Antari Antari I've been pronouncing it Antari in my head but I'm pretty sure that's wrong Magicians with a rare, coveted ability to travel between parallel Londons, red, grey, white, and once upon a time, black. Kel was raised in Arnes? Arnes? Arnes, yeah. Arnes. It's a problem when you read stuff. Yeah, in my head I've been saying the city is Arnes, and then the language is Arnesian. That would make sense, we'll go with that. So that's how I've been doing it in my head. (laughs) Um, Which is Red London. And officially serves the Maresh Empire as an ambassador, travelling between the frequently bloody regime changes in White London and the court of George III in the dullest of Londons, the one without any magic left to see. Is that our one then? Mm-hmm. Unofficially, Kel is a smuggler, servicing people willing to pay for even the smallest glimpses of a world they'll never see. It's a defiant hobby with dangerous consequences, which Kel is now seeing firsthand. So all the characters but Kel you would say I don't know Kel ends up having to do some Murray Gray stuff mm. but just as a product of like shit getting out of control but he's never he's never good with it so kind of like Six of King vibe, um, Six, Six of King Six of Crow vibes um, in that you have to do it to get by kind of yeah thing. and he starts to get a bit of like a thrill of danger but he never like enjoys killing or anything like that mm. So in a couple of episodes' time, we'll do a mm. uh, wrap-up. Whereas, like, Lila about. is kind of unapologetically, like, gives no fucks. Because, like, <laughs> she, has, she has to do what she has to do to survive. Mm. But she's very much, like, 
She's like, oh, yeah, I killed that guy. Ooh, whoops. <laughs> Yolo, not for him. <laughs> well, yeah, for him. Yeah, she, she's wrong. just like I'm really good with knives. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> that sounds fun. I think one of the because we did like a you and me have done like a buddy read and story graph. Yeah. Um, obviously, because I'm reading it first, and I think there's one bit where she hits a character over the head with a book, and the comment I just put was she hit him over the head with a book. Lol, good for her. <laughs> I love those kind of comments. <laughs> yeah, I'd wanted to read that last mm. month, and I didn't get around to it, so I didn't actually read as much last month as I'd planned. Yeah. Life. Busy. Life. Busy, busy. Okay, next is one neither of us have read, but we both want to read, which is the Red Queen series by oh, I Victoria, don't even have that. Uh, Victoria uh, Aviard 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 yeah I'm going to go with that um, <laughs> um, I love her on TikTok she's so funny on <laughs> TikTok so I just love it when people like always go into her like apologise for this in your books and she's but, just like nah, nah. <laughs> Sabaha Tahir does that as well the author of the Ember and the Ashes mm, series yeah yeah because the ending of her fourth book Total Tangent is really sad like even when I said to you it made me cry yeah. for like several chapters she's like whenever like <laughs> she did like she did one where it was like uh, give everyone a happy ending or <laughs> destroy everyone <laughs> or like when, whenever people like like I meet them now they just want me to apologise for what I did to this one character and she's like no nah. I wrote it. It's happened. <laughs> Stand by it. Anyway, yeah. so tangent over. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a fantasy series. There seems to be a uh, a bit of a theme running for all of this. But in the ones I picked. Mm, Bizarre. Fantasy series. <laughs> <laughs> so Red Queen is a sweeping tale of power, intrigue and betrayal. Which sums up most of the fantasy series. Yeah. Mare Barrow's world is divided by blood. Those with common red blood serve the silver blooded elite who are gifted with superhuman abilities. Mare is a red scraping by the thief in a poor rural village until a twist of fate throws her in front of the silver court. Before the king, princes, and all of the nobles, she discovers she has an ability of her own. Um, I think this is a YA series. Mm. And yeah, it is, yeah. And I didn't know anything about it, but I've always wanted to read it, so. Yeah, I just like, I don't know. They're part of like the classic set of the 2010s era fantasy. I think I saw like, I found this meme that was like about 2010s era fantasy. Wait. Okay, yeah. Me, YA books in 2013. Everyone in my society is put in distinct quadrants once we reach the age of 16. Ever since the unnamed disaster that caused our dystopian government to be instated, there are rules on how we act, what we wear, and where we live, but I will break these rules. (laughs) Even more funny, because a little sneak peek for next week, Mm -hmm. we're discussing The Hunger Games. Which is making a comeback at the moment. Mm. Next is one that I want to read. I don't know if you do. I'm assuming you do, because it's fantasy. Yeah. Um, I Am Widow by Sharan J. Chow. Yes, that's not one of the ones I have in the hoard. Mm. Might be on a wish list somewhere. Is she on TikTok? Is she funny? She is brilliant. So the second book has been delayed. Uh, she did a TikTok and she was just like you may be wondering why it's been delayed and basically the publisher didn't pay me in a timely manner so I didn't write my book in a timely manner 
Yes, and love that energy. Just so <laughs> she is just so brutally honest about yeah. everything she's experienced in the publishing world. She was like, um, the publisher didn't pay me in a timely manner, so I had to move on to projects that were paying me. Fucking fair. Yeah. And she's like, so now this is going to be late. Blame the publishers. Fair, fair, <laughs> and I fair, love fair. it. Um, and she's always very brutally honest about how much she earned from it and how mm. they underpaid her because she's... I've seen a few to do with like what they actually got paid from their traditionally published books, even ones that did well. Yeah, ridiculous. And I'm like... This is really She got paid like $4,000 or something for yeah. it, which is ridiculous. It's like um, fantasy, mecha, uh, mecha, science fiction mix. Okay. Um, and it's a um, inspired by Chinese history. So the boys of Huexa dream of pairing up with girls to pilot the chrysalises. Giant transforming robots that can battle the mecha aliens that lurk beyond the Great Wall. It doesn't matter that the girls often die from the mental strain. When 18-year-old Zetan offers herself up as a concubine pilot, it's to assassinate the ace male pilot responsible for her sister's death. But she gets her revenge. But she gets her vengeance in a way nobody expected. She kills him through the psychic link between pilots and emerges from the cockpit unscathed. She is labelled an Iron Widow, a much feared and much and much silenced kind of female pilot who can sacrifice boys to power up chrysalises instead. So basically in this world, it's a very patriarchal world obviously, mm. males uh, pilot the robots and um, females are given as... Um, concubine pilots and they take the energy from the females to pilot the okay. so the uh female pilots don't make it out alive right okay um and she goes in and decides to fuck it all up <laughs> yeah. um there's also a polygamous relationship because she does not wish to choose and um it just sounds great and well, that sounds really cool yeah and she is her goal is to destroy the whole thing from the inside so i don't know if she's morally gray or if she's just right yeah exactly (laughs) or if she's just correct (laughs) Um, we know murder isn't okay guys but this is fictional so (laughs) when it's destroying the patriarchy it's Next on the list is Throne of Glass by Sarah Mass. Yep. 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 Um, All the characters, main character. 100% the main character is very morally grey. Most of them. Most of the characters, I would say. Mm. Like, your big, most of your We've big We've got heroes. Faye again, so. Yeah. Um, you do the official summary before I give my chaotic version. In a land without magic, <laughs> where the king rules of an iron hand, an assassin is summoned to the castle. She comes not to kill the king, but to win her freedom. If she defeats 23 killers, thieves and warriors in a competition, she is released from prison to serve as the king's champion. Her name is Selena? Yeah. Selena. Selena, is that her full You've probably told me that. Um, no, it's not her name name. You find out it's different later. Sadofian? Sadofian? Sadofian. The crown prince will provoke her, 
The captain of the guard will protect her, but something evil dwells in the castle of glass and there, and it's there to kill. When her competitors start dying one by one, Selena's fight for freedom becomes a fight for survival and a desperate quest to root out the evil before it destroys her world. So that's just the summary for book one. Yeah. Um... So that's like obviously the first book thinks, oh, it's just this competition to win her freedom, mm. and then like the rest of the books, you're just like, okay, what happened? What was gonna? What happened to the, the, the initial storyline? The competition just ends by the end of the first book, and you're like, all right, <laughs> cool. Oh, that's kind of like Hunger Games. <laughs> mm, she's like, no, in no, the competition ends yeah. at the beginning of the first one, and you're like, oh, okay, and then uh, obviously I've been reading a lot about Hunger Games in preparation for. <laughs> yeah, so obviously Selena ends up not being who we think she is because we think she's just the, she was an assassin who didn't work for the Ardalan Empire, which is like this king. Mm-hmm. She was just they're like freelance assassins, but she was kind of notorious. And then when she gets arrested, they're like, oh, shit, she's a 16-year-old girl. We're not going to tell anyone this. Because <laughs> that's awkward for all of us. And then she kind of, like, provokes the king, essentially. And so instead of killing her for what she gets caught for, he sends her to be a slave in Endeavour salt mine, which most people don't survive months of. And she managed to make it to a year, which is when the prince rocks up and is like, oh, I want to piss off my dad in his competition. Can you come be my champion? If you win, I'll set you free eventually. <laughs> At some unspecified time. No, they do or... specify a oh, okay. number of years she has to serve for. Mm. But we don't know any of her backstory. And you kind of don't know t- at the end of the first book, you still don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like something happens which reveals like her a true nature. And everyone's a bit like, shook. <laughs> and then shit kicks off over the next couple of books. <laughs> so you would say that she is the morally grey character well, from the Well, she's an war. assassin. Yeah, I guess that's quite morally grey. And she's a bit kind of like... Cavalier about death, like he would be as an assassin. She's yeah. a very good assassin. Yeah, so you'd have to be. Very she was like the best assassin in the empire, death. but she was sixteen. Ah, and okay. so her like she used to wear a disguise when she was assassinating people to keep this whole the secret Mystique. that she was just a sixteen-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah, Selena ends up being more than that, uh, and it's all to do with the fallen um, kingdom of Terracin, which she came from. Mm-hmm. This is like an eight-book series. Yeah. Is it eight? Yeah. yeah. So I can't really tell you more without so, um, spoilers. There's probably a lot of backstory to be had and stuff. Yes, and then like her love interests are fairly kind of Martin Grey. Mm. There's, there's multiple because it's Sarah Jamas, they never fall for first person. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think I think I put this on this. I don't think I found this on a list. I think I decided this was a really great one, one yeah. just because I like the underground. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next is Shatter Me. So this is a series you've read. You're quite a fan of, mm-hmm. aren't you? By Tahira Mathi. Yeah. Um, so I'll read the description of the first mm-hmm. book. One touch is all it takes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For me to kill you. <laughs> One touch and Juliet Ferris can leave a fully grown man gasping for air. One touch and she can kill. No one knows why Juliet has such incredible power. It feels like a curse, a burden that one person alone could never bear, but the re-establishment sees it as a gift, sees her as an opportunity, an opportunity for a deadly weapon. Juliet has never fought for herself before, but when she's reunited with the one person who ever cared about her, she finds a strength she never knew she had. This is quite a long series as well, isn't it? Like, there's Um, even more coming out even now, right? Seven or eight in them? 
Yeah. Um, six of the main, and then there's loads of like novellas. You can yeah. see there because I've got they got compiled into little books as well. So there's oh, all the novellas, yeah. but then they got compiled into books. Mm. So it can be quite confusing. Like you need to look up the reading order. Yeah. Um, because some of the novellas spoil events in the books. So you need to make sure you read them in the right oh, order. Oh, they are point fives, like, yeah. read them where you're meant to read yeah. them, yeah. So would you say that Juliet's morally grey, or is it the people around her? It's her love interest, Warner. Mm. He's, he's the one, because Tony has discussed this series a couple mm. of times, so I have got a grasp of what the series is about. Is he the one that she thinks is evil? But then it turns out he's not so evil, but he's also, like again, like a product of his environment mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So when she's still being held by the establishment, she actually has a love interest first there that's not Warner. It's mm-hmm. a different guy. Warner comes in later. There was very much of its time mm. in the 2000s. And but there's like lots of things where she, he think, she thinks he's done something evil, but it was like trickery by the establishment trying to control her and mm. she was never actually hurt and then Warner had no idea she didn't know it wasn't real. Mm. But because she's been like tortured for so many years, she doesn't really have a very grasp on like what's real and what's not. And I and guess she doesn't trust anyone. No, and it. she's had it. You find out later, like her memory's been erased multiple times, mm. and that's not a spoiler because it doesn't really spoil any of the events. But yeah, her memory's been erased multiple times. And the book's like written to show her. Uh... Yeah, so it's first it's written almost like a diary. Mm. So there's like those crossings out, there's repeating sentences, and then later in the books, like as she gets. Like, as she gets out of the prison and out of isolation, because she's been in isolation for, like, three years, I think, when the book starts. See, Sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> she's in, like, a stone room. No, if I had yeah. some books, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been in isolation three years when the series starts, I think, from memory. Mm. And then the more she's, time she spends with people, the narration, like, stops, like, doing that. And, like, I can see the effect that went for, but the first book you just kind of have to get through. Okay. It actually gets quite irritating and reads quite badly. Uh, yeah, like, it's the gimmick has taken too far kind of thing. It's yeah. Too, just too disjointed or whatever. Yeah, and then the rest of them aren't a diary, so I was also, like, mm. a bit weird. The aesthetic um, was decided upon. Yeah, and then we get other people's point of views later, and we find out, like, from their point of views, like, you, you, you yeah, like, repeats stuff to herself and like talks to herself quite a lot and mutters mm. to herself <laughs> so she's like still not alright like, yeah like you're a little bit crazy bless you <laughs> oh bless her or like because she does a counting thing in her inner monologue which you, when you hear from her point of view you, you, you know she's in her head she's counting or something yeah. but then from there outside point of view she just kind of stares into space for a second and like it's just her friend like waiting for us to come back like <laughs> Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really funny on the outside wouldn't it oh. um, yeah so I think because of Warner is the son of like people who are really important in the re-establishment which is like the government thing mm-hmm. and all the kids that are the children of the re-establishment like council have been raised pretty brutally to do pretty terrible things so their moral compass is a little bit off mm. so but I don't think he never... I don't know. He is morally grey, but he doesn't do bad, bad things. Yeah. Seems to be a um, a theme, not just in that most of these are going to be fancy, but mm. a lot of them are just... They are the products of... Yeah. Their, their environment. environment. Yeah. yeah. And next on the list, I don't 
no, if you've read this, I haven't yet. Uh, Caraval. Stephanie no. Garbar. No, I think it's on that 10 TBR we put together, though. Oh, yeah, I think it is, actually. Because I remember saying I've got the first one mm. to read. So the, Stephanie Garber, I said that, yeah. So, mm. welcome, welcome to Caraval. Stephanie Garber's sweeping tale of the unbreakable bond between two sisters. It's the closest you'll ever find to magic in this world. Scarlet has never left the tiny island where she and her beloved sister, Teller, live with their powerful and cruel father. Now Scarlet's father has arranged a marriage for her and Scarlet thinks her dreams of seeing Caraval, the faraway once a year performance where the audience participates in the show, are over. But this year Scarlet's long dreamt of invitation finally arrives. With the help of a mysterious sailor, Teller whisks Charlotte away to the show. Only as soon as they arrive, Teller is kidnapped by the Caraval's mastermind organiser, Legend. Wow, that was a lot. Mm. And I don't think I've ever actually read what this is about. No, me neither. <laughs> I think that's literally the first time. <laughs> There's so many of these I've never read the actual official blurb no. for. I got Caraval. It was like my first ever... Was it a fairy loot? This is 2017. This is, um, the one that I've got is a, the works box set, mm. I think. So I got like this fancy copy mm. and I never, I mean 2017 I still haven't read it, so. <laughs> I think I bought that a good three, four years ago or more mm. now. And I've got her new series as well, mm. which they're tie-ins together. Yeah, so I don't know. I, don't, I, I just maybe patched it purely the for the aesthetic. <laughs> maybe all the characters. Maybe I don't Probably know. You have to let us know. The guy, legend, I reckon. Yeah, like the or guy the that runs the thing. Yeah, gonna be a love interest. Probably gonna be morally grey. Because mm. he owns a magical circus, so he's got to be morally grey, surely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, sorted. I've decided that. Yeah, that's the answer. Predicted. Let me know if I'm right. Tell you will know soon. Ah, uh, this is disgusting. Like, I don't know why I keep drinking. The drink. Is I don't disgusting. have another drink. <laughs> Next is the Atlas Six by Olivia Blake. You can lead discussion on this one because you're obsessed with it. <laughs> I get to meet her soon. I'm so jealous. Um, also, I was on a virtual question and answer with her, mm. and I got to ask her a question as well. Yeah, like last week or something, That's or the so week exciting. before. Yeah, she was talking about um, the new one. Hello, no one for my enemy, mm. and um, yeah, I asked her a question. Yeah, I haven't even bought or read the second book yet. I have about a hundred copies. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the Atlas Six, the Alexandrian Society, caretakers of lost knowledge from the greatest civilizations of antiquity, are the foremost secret society of magical academians in the world. Whoa, what a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Those who earn a place among the Alexandrians will secure a life of wealth, power and prestige beyond their wildest dreams and each decade only the six most uniquely talented magicians are selected to be uh, selected to be considered for initiation. When the newest candidates are recruited by the mysterious Atlas Blakely, they are told they will have one year to qualify for initiation, during which time they will be permitted preliminary access to society's archives and judged based on their contributions to various subjects of impossibility 
time and space, luck and thought, life and death. Five, they are told, will be initiated. One will be eliminated. The six potential initiates will fight to survive the next year of their lives, and if they can prove themselves to be the best among their rivals, most of them will. Most of them. Yeah, I think each character, mm. except Libby, is quite morally grey. Mm. Libby's very naive. Libby, Libby's like an outlook. Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind mm. of type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like type A and does everything mm. by the book. And everyone else um, understands that they're there to play a game. I think the plant girl isn't super. Oh yeah, she's not so. Uh, she's just Ria. Con- yeah, she's yeah. like not there for the bullshit. Basically, she's no. just like I'm here to get through this, like because I want this. Yeah, um, but some of the others, um, in particular, Callum. Mm. Well, no, he's not. He's the one that can He's just bad. Do you like memories and thoughts in there or something? He's like the opposite of um, pre. Oh, I can't remember any of their names mm. now. He's just a really bad but guy. But he's like an empath, isn't he? But like, bad empath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, can use people's emotions against them rather yeah. than help them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he's, I wouldn't say he's morally great. He's just literally a bad guy. Yeah. What is her name? Is it Priya? The, that sounds right to me. She and Tristan mm. and Nico, they were, I would say they're quite morally great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it follows six initiates who are talented magician. They, well, no, they're not initiates. They are on the way to be initiates, yeah. and only five will get picked. And they don't seem to realise till about halfway through. Hang on, what, what happens to the game? the sixth one? Because this is a super secret society that no one's supposed to know mm. about. What the sixth one just goes home, or and I think Atlas himself is obviously. Atlas is fairly morally great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a the start of a trilogy. Mm. It's proper, proper dark academia vibes. Yeah, like it's through and through. It's heavily science based magic. It's like, yeah, it's like fully discussions of physics, but to do with magic, and I don't even know how someone even begins writing that. We should ask your brother to read it and see yeah. what he thinks about it. Yeah, because to me, it seems quite in-depthy physics mm. and somehow she's made that magical mm. and i'm like i just want to know how she wrote that maybe you need to ask that question <laughs> yeah. um yeah and um just a little fangirl moment about her <laughs> <laughs> she was obviously talking about all of the books because she just covers so many different genres mm. so there's alone with you and Aoife because a lot of her um a lot of her indie published books are now being traditionally published. So mm. she's got like two years of just dun 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 dun, dun, dun yeah. yeah. So Alone With You and Aoife is a a romance, but obviously with her own twist on it. Mm. It's like a romance and I think there's like sci-fi portals or something involved. Or okay. No, no, no. I think it's like the same day replays. Okay, okay. And then the one that's coming out in like a week's time or something, one for my enemy is a Romeo and Juliet retelling. Right. Randomly. Okay. 
and then she's got masters of death coming out in august and that's about a vampire real estate agent who's trying to sell haunted house and she's trying to get rid of the ghost so, so she's just like covering all I, of these I, don't know, I think there's a lot of authors who jump genres but they mm. do it under pen names i just like that they've stopped doing that now well she actually writes under her real name as well mm. so olivia blake is her pen name mm. And then she also writes under her real name, which is Alexine Falmouth. And that, she, under that name, she writes YA fantasy, uh, YA romance. Nice. So, fair, fair, fair. She's just all over the place. And you're in love with her. Uh, yeah, just a bit. Natalie has bought every copy of Atlas Six in existence. She's the cutest little baby as well. <laughs> That's what my question was to her mm. when I what? about being a mum. Mm. Like, I have mum questions. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, I know. I was just I asked her if there's any characters she identifies with differently now that she's a mum. Mm. That's a good question. Um because she was talking about how like being a mum has really changed her writing style. Mm. Um But yeah, and she she's got a little um, her little boy is I think three or four mm. and the way she talks about him he sounds quite feral and it reminds me of my son so yeah <laughs> your feral crunchy, crunchy child life <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah so Atlas 6 pick it up even my other half enjoyed it mm-hmm. so firm praise <laughs> uh, next harder to please than us which is like is it a nice way but we're good <laughs> next is the invisible life of Adi LaRue by V. Schwab which we have both and read the second Schwab on the list oh yeah mm. this is an adult book though yes um would you say Adi is Riley Gray I think I don't know why my best friend why so is this on the then? list actually because are they is meaning the, that Luke is morally great? I mean, you mean he's the demon. literally a demon, so... <laughs> I don't think there's... Any, I think people say he's morally great. Mm. They say he's a morally great romantic partner, but I think people... I think it's another one of those books mm. that people miss sell, and then that's mm. why some people don't enjoy it, because they're sold something different. Yeah, because he's like he's literally, he's literally a demon. Yeah, and it's not a romance, even though people say it's a romance. And he'd like done this deal with her, and then because she's around for so long and defies him for so long, they sort of become reluctant pals. Yeah. So I'll read a bit of mm. what it's about in case you don't know. When Addie Larue makes a pact with the devil, she trades her soul for immortality. But there's always a price. The devil takes away her place in the world, cursing her to be forgotten by everyone. Addie flees her tiny hometown in 18th century France, beginning a journey that takes her across the world. I mean, not really across the world, but no. But learning to live a life where no one remembers her, and everything she owns is lost and broken, existing only as a muse for artists throughout history. She learns to fall in love anew every single day. Her only companion on this journey is her dark devil with hypnotic green eyes who visits her each year on the anniversary of their deal. Alone in the world, Addy has no choice but to confront him, to understand him, and maybe to beat him. I think that's what it is. Mm. They're saying Luke's 
a morally gray character, but he's not. He's literally a demon. Yeah, he's literally a demon. That I does, don't think this should be on the second floor. Yeah, and I mean, he's not that mm-hmm. nasty to her. To be fair, he kind of gives her immortality because he's like, "You'll get sick of it and want to die, and then I get your soul." Yeah, and then no she point, doesn't because she's stubborn. And at no point during the whole book does he feel like a danger reaver. Like he's mm. just apart from the end because her other love interest in it is kind of engineered by the demon to punish Addie and to make her finally say, "I'm done." Yeah, but even then, it's just because he's lonely. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I actually don't want you to give up on the deal now because." I don't have any buddies otherwise. I stand by my... Um, what's the guy called? The actual love no, interest. I've got it here, yeah. What is he called? Henry. 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 I literally have the book physically next to me because Tony just oh, gave yeah, it I'm to me. <laughs> I stand by my request that the book had been Henry's story. I just think it would have been more interesting. Yeah. And I... I'm taking a book from Tony because I do want to reread it. This mm. is going to make it sound like I'm negative about it. I'm not. But I think that for a book of a character who has been around since the 18th century, I would have liked her to experience more than just Western cultures. Mm. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. We, we stop in with her in various points of in time. And at no point does she like go anywhere apart from like Europe. France, the UK and then America. America. I just feel like, like it was missing some works. Yeah. I just feel like it was missing some spice. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of like oh she finds beauty there and it's just mm. like, oh, you know, some pretty like fairy lights in a tree and it's like, oh isn't the world wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And then it ends like if they like they really play up the fact that she's a muse for artists and stuff but she doesn't like i don't know if i i like art and i would have if i had the opportunity i would travel the world to see art i wouldn't just go to manhattan and then influence a guitarist i don't i mean she spends a good number of years just in like paris doesn't Mm. she in the story yeah and she's like homeless in paris Mm. but and that, like where she's a muse for artists, it's basically because you can't write her name down or anything. Mm-hmm. So the only way she can like leave traces of her being remembered in history is where someone uses like inspiration from her for art. Yes, yeah, so like she, she has, has like freckles, freckles, oh, yeah. and that's like the constellation of stars in a painting. Yeah, and then like the and she loving... helps write songs, mm. and obviously the people never know that and she poems and yeah. books and like. So she's and then hey the love interest's friend is happens to be doing research that's about this mysterious woman found throughout history. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, she's, like, pulling together all the different places Mm. this this muse is found. I don't think that deserves to be on this list. I'm actually going to remove it right now. And also, I feel like... I just feel like the book had a lot of good ideas that could have been expanded on. It feels like an unfinished book to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I'm not sure this deserves the amount of hype it got, and that's why I'm giving it to you, because I'm like, I know I'm not going to reread. Yeah, I want to reread it to see if I'm as down on it mm. in a second read. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> From Blood and Ash by mm. Jennifer L. Armentrout. I mean, having sex on 
the ashes of your enemies is quite morally grey, I suppose. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just, just, just a little. God, this is a really long description. I'm not going to read it all. Chosen from birth to usher in a new era, Poppy's life has never been her own. The life of a maiden is solitary, never to be touched, never to be looked upon, never to be spoken to, never to experience pleasure. Waiting for her day of her ascension, she would rather be of the guards, fighting back the evil that took her family, than preparing to be found worthy by the gods. But the choice has never been hers. I'm just going to stop there because there's yeah. a lot more. This is a, a series of is there going to be six or something? Like uh, new I think we four have come out now. Yeah, but I think it's going to be six total. And they are getting progressively worse. Um, are they getting longer as well? Yeah. Um, so someone just needs to step in and be like, edit these a bit more, please. And... I think people are going to say the love interest is morally grey. Mm. Because he's meant to be this, like, his his name is literally, like, Dark or shadow or something, bullshit like that. Is this hawk? Hawk, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's like as his other persona is the prince. Um, is meant to be like super dark and has done terrible, terrible things. And like he does murder a guy in the first book because he's mean to Poppy. But then from there he doesn't do a lot of morally grey stuff. Mm. Like he kidnaps Poppy with the intention of using her. Mm-hmm. And then very quickly is like simping for this girl <laughs> and changes his mind. Of course. So he sort of lies to her for a while about who he is. Yeah. And at the point where he's like, ah, oh, I really like her, he's then like, I'm going to have to tell her the truth. So. He doesn't even keep it going for that long either. No, like they do like sleep together while he, he she still doesn't know who he is. Mm. But then he feels really bad about that. So you would say he is probably the morally great character, but you yourself wouldn't perhaps say I don't know, I'm literally saying he's killed people and stuff. Yeah. I know, by in... this point in going through these books, mm. we've, we've turned a bit numb to people dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, he's supposed to have done really dark stuff in his past, but in the actual events of the books, he doesn't do that much dark stuff. Mm. He's actually, like, trying really hard to, like, save his people and shit mm. so he's like um, a reformed morally great character yeah and he's like a total simp for Poppy and like does nothing really to hurt her so such a curse breaker mm. um, <laughs> okay next one this is one I've read you mm. haven't this is How You Lose the Time War by Max mm. Gladstone and Amal El Motar um, so let me just do a disclaimer yeah. like the weather is just going mad outside the window it's stormy now yeah it's quite nice. It's just because um, we're back on tour woods, so it sounds worse than it is because of all the trees. You can see them all like swaying. Um, so like just in case that can be heard, that is what that background noise is. Um, so this is an enthralling romantic novel spanning time and space about two time-travelling rivals who fall in love and must change the past to ensure ensure their future. Thus begins an unlikely correspondence between two rival agents hell-bent on securing the best possible future for their warring factions. So basically this um, is all told mostly through letters between two soldiers from opposing teams in a war that has been going on for centuries. Um, 
and they are basically known to each other as red and blue so if i'm it's quite a short book it's got 200 pages it really? is yeah um i might bump out my list then because you made it sound really good when you did it in really, the really good reading summary where you read it mm. so the two opposing sides of the war it's like one side um wants nature to prevail and one side wants science to prevail kind of if you if i really really slimmed it down yeah, to like the bare bones of what it is and these two red and blue are like their best spies and they start taunting each other so they leave each other notes mm. like in various points in time and space where they know the other one's going to be there to assassinate someone or whatever, and they start leaving each other notes mm. and taunting each other. And then, over the course of the book, they do fall in love. And I guess they're quite morally grey, because they're literally there to assassinate and kill people. And mm. as they talk to each other and taunt each other, they start to question what the war is even about, kind of thing. Yeah, okay. It's a really lovely book, actually. Yeah, I really, really like the sound of it when you, like, when you went into all about it. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Definitely recommend picking it up if you like fantasy, science fiction, or romance. Any wish list anywhere? Let's have a look. <laughs> Need to make sure it's on there if not. Because otherwise, I just, every time I listen to these back, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a really one. cool book yeah. we talked about. <laughs> so many when I review our older episodes, I'm like, ah. Oh, I meant to read that. Especially the indie ones. Oh my god, yes. I just don't have enough time to read all the indie books I want to read. Because I like obviously got my Kindle like Kindle Unlimited, which mm. is for like commuting slash when I'm staying with people who don't like lights on while they're sleeping. So I can read. Mm. <laughs> more stuff on the Kindles, that's where I've been reading more of our the indies that way. Oh my god, come on. Nothing's loading. Excuse me, sir. I'll do the next one whilst yeah, you do that. So, because this is one that neither of us have read, and this is top of the top of my list, I say, and still haven't read it. The Secret History by Donna Tom. Yes, yes. Because it's the mama of Dark Academia. Mm hmm. I think this is very similar to We Were Villains in that someone dies, there's a classmate dies and it's about the rest of the students mm. so under the influence of their charismatic classics professor i feel like i've read this so many times mm. <laughs> a group of clever eccentric misfits at an elite new england college discover a way of thinking and living is a world away from the humdrum existence existence of their contemporaries but when they go beyond the boundaries of mortality their lives are changed profoundly and forever I think you've managed to get this book onto so many of our rec lists. And I still haven't read it. It's literally looking at me. You literally, you literally found a way to get it onto almost every rec list we do. Uh, oh no, and we now, do stick to very specific genres, to be fair. And the problem is, so this one, along with a few other books, is I've built it up so much, I get nervous mm. to pick it up now in case I hate it. Yeah. I never see anything on TikTok about this that's bad. I do see a lot of the more diverse readers discuss the problematic things within this. Okay. Obviously, I will know that going into it, so I can't be disappointed by that because I know mm. that's there. I just feel like, as a fan of Dark Academia, mm. I do 
should read it. Yeah, this is one of the origin books. Yeah, and as I think a lot of Dark Academia books are inspired by it, I feel like I should read the initial. Mm. The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. You've read this one, huh? Yes, I have. I haven't read this one yet. You gave me a good copy. I haven't read it yet. Did I like it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Don't remember that. No, it was oh. fine. <laughs> forgot I did that. Yeah. Was that to keep? I can't remember. Probably was to keep, because I don't think I'll reread it. I think it was in a stack with a couple more as well. Yeah. So every time I clear out my shelves, I just give it to you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a problem with... I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. I've not read this, so I haven't read the Star Missy. I do want to read it. Because mm. I love Erin Morgenstern's writing style yeah you love all this kind of spacey timeless she's not had anything else out for ages it was just those two oh Stella C came out in 2019 yeah 2019 was ages ago what have you been doing not writing books apparently (laughs) (laughs) the circus arrives without warning no announcements precede it it is simply there when yesterday it was not Within the black and white striped canvas tents, this is beautiful weather for reading, isn't it? I know. I'm getting in like <laughs> redoing. This is like you're in like a cozy. Oh, I got a nice. This nice is coffee. like the ambient sounds yeah. I put on when I'm reading. Um, <laughs> within the black and white striped canvas tents is an utterly unique experience full of breathtaking amazements. It is called Le Cirque de Reves, and it is only open at night. But behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway, a duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood expressly for this purpose by their instructors. Mercurial instructors? Material? Yeah, what's that? What's that mean? Oh, I can't remember what mercurial means. You need like, word. I thought I was at mine, so I was about to ask Google, but... Um, I love reading in the bedroom with Google because when I find a word I don't know, I'm like, what's this mean? Mercurial. Mercurial meaning. Uh, Subject to sudden unpredictable changes of mood or mind. Oh. Unbeknownst to assholes, basically. Unbeknownst to them, this is a game in which only one can be left standing, and a circus is but the stage for a remarkable battle of imagination and will. Despite themselves, however, Celia and Marco tumble headfirst into love, the deep, magical love that makes the lights flip out and the rooms grow warm whenever they so much as brush hands. Is the morally grey people the people that are making them fight without telling them the true meaning of Christmas? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and then, like, the things the magicians do are fairly kind of morally grey-ish. Because the, the two of them that are in competition with each other, this circus has basically been spelled a certain way. So, like, the people who are in the circus, they, they don't know they're in a magical circus at first. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it appears fairly normal, but the magicians keep adding to it because it's, like, the stage for the competition. Um, so slowly the circus becomes more and more magical. And they don't realise there's a protection spell over the circus, which basically means the people who work for the circus don't age. Oh, I remember you saying this before, yeah, when yeah. I was asking about that. And there's stuff like, they don't know the magic is real, so there's one person who basically goes a bit mad, because they're like, am I crazy? Like, is there magic? And like, no one will confirm it, like Celia won't confirm it. Everyone knows Celia's a bit mystical, and she works in the circus, whereas Marco never actually physically, you don't, 
know. We... Celia doesn't know he's her competition. He works in the back office of the guy who like bankrolls the circus. Okay. Celia works in the circus physically there. And so the whole time she doesn't know Marco's her competition, but Marco knows it's her. Oh, okay. And it ends up almost like the rooms start to become like they're doing clever magic that's kind of like fun for the other person. Mm. So it ends up being almost like a love letter of like you really like this cool bit of magic that I've done. Oh, so a bit like this is how you do lose the time. Yeah, kind they of don't vibe. actually speak yeah. for a really long time. It's almost like the the magic becomes little love letters to each other. Oh. And like really cool magic that's just clearly just to please the other one. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Oh, I need to bump this up. It's a, it's a cute story. It's like it's definitely the kind of thing you like. Cause it's a bit meandery. <laughs> It's a bit like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's vibes. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's vibes. You know, obviously they're describing. I mean, it's like, sounds like the Stella Sea, which is yeah, vibes. Describing the magical room, which are also always bizarre. And the people that kind of get brought into the world of the circus, who are like, are all normies who don't know that magic's a thing. But are like, this is definitely magic, right? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I think they're good books. I don't know, they don't really hurt anyone. It's just that, that all the people in the circus are subject to their magic. Without their permission. Yeah. The Bridge Kingdom by Danielle L. Jensen. Yes. I think this is one that I decided was going to go on the list. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I assume than one you added it. came from somewhere else. Yeah, that's that one up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got this on my Audible list because you recommended it. Mm. What if you fell in love with the one person you'd sworn to destroy? Laura? No, Lara. Laura. Laura. That's how they say it in the Audible. Laura. Yeah. Has only one thought for her husband on their wedding day. I will bring your kingdom to its knees. A princess trained from childhood to be a lethal spy. Laura knows that the Bridge Kingdom represents both legendary evil and legendary promise the only route for a storm ravaged world the bridge kingdom controls all trade and travel between lands allowing its ruler to enrich himself and deprive his enemies including laura's homeland so when she is sent as a bride under the guise of fulfilling a treaty of peace laura is prepared to do whatever it takes to fracture the defenses of the impenetrable bridge kingdom dun, dun, dun. does that sum it up quite well Yes, except the Bridge Kingdom's not exactly what she thinks she's been brought up to think it is. Um, they're not starving her people. Like, it's actually her dad, who's a bit dodge. Uh. the king. But she's basically been raised to assassinate the king of the Bridge Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then she gets there and she's like, mm, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. And they feel like this instant connection. And he's like... He's aware of the way women from where she's from are raised to be quite like subdued and like demure, demure and this yeah. kind of stuff. And he like he's like, even though we're married, I'm not gonna force you to do anything. We'll let you be. Like we're gonna get to know each other, mm. and you know things will happen when they happen. But he's like, I'm not gonna touch you without your permission, like ever. Like we're we're good. And then she's like playing the part of this sort of dainty demure mm. thing where she's like literally creeping around his compound like how can I assassinate you <laughs> how can I bring down your kingdom don't be suspicious don't be suspicious um, <laughs> and then he ends up being quite hot quite attractive quite a nice guy and then she because he originally was going to keep her at this compound 
which is where they were going to get to know each other, but also kept her separate so she couldn't spy, just in case. Mm. But then the shit kind of happens that means she mm. ends up going out into the Bridge Kingdom, like, wider world, and kind of seeing them for what they are, and she's like, oh, maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're not the bad guys. Mm. But she kind of comes to that revelation a bit too late. This is a duology it's actually well this the story of these characters is the geology yeah and then it goes on to a different but it's character gonna, in the same world or the same timeline it goes ah, it jumps back okay so the third book is the timeline told from her brother's point of view her brother the prince okay but at the same time as the events of the bridge kingdom ah okay so like parallel yeah mm. and the second book in that is just about to come out oh cool i think july but she releases exclusively on audible first and they're in the library, so you yeah, can, in the if you library. have a, um, an account, you can listen to them well, without using a... Um, yeah, without using your credit. credit. Yeah. Um, they're quite good audios. Yeah, they're on my list. Like, uh, the only thing I'll say is they have like weird, between each chapter break, they have different sounds to do with the theme of the book, and the first book is Storms. And I don't know if you've been sound asleep and then suddenly a crashing thunderstorm... I don't really off. get along with sounds and music between chapters and stuff because mm. I listen to it at quite a fast speed. They mm. just sound like... <laughs> yeah, and then the second book is Drums, which again, oh, weren't good for sleeping. Asleep, yeah. I can't remember what's in the third one. Oh, that's quite cute. That's mm. a cool yeah, cool thing to add if in. If you weren't sleeping to them, mm. it was quite nice. <laughs> Last on our list. <gasps> We're doing so well. Yeah. The Witch's Blade by A.K. Mulford. Oh, I like this. Just The Witch's Blade. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't think the characters in High Mountain Court were that morally no, grey. No, agreed. So this is the five crowns of... Oakriff. Oh, That's how I always say it. Oakriff. That's how A.K. Mulford says it in TikToks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, um, this is what I have added myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's going to be presumably five books. Mm-hmm. I think so. And then she's just released the Evergreen Air is coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us all about. Oh, shall I read it from? Yeah. Here? I don't know if you need to. Mm. Well, the Witch's Blade one on its own makes sense. Or do we need to go back to High Mountain Court? I'll read this and see okay. what it says. 18-year-old Ruadora, Ruadora? Ruadora is where I read it. Uh, Damascus now possesses the... What? what why are we suck on? <laughs> no, I'm wondering if that's a spoiler. Is it relevant to this first? No, I don't think it matters from no. the first one. Now possesses the immortal blade. But when Rua discovers the northern king's uncle is alive, and has cast a spell on a blue witch army. She realises that the battle was just beginning. Um, yeah, that could be a standalone, mm. couldn't it? So, yeah. So the first book covers her sister Remy coming to terms with like her power and her heritage, and kind of coming out of hiding, basically, mm. with the hot fairy prince dude. Um, and she's a witch. She's a witch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the second book follows the story of her sister Rua after the events of High Mountain Court. Where so the the Northern King was kind of the tyrant, and the events in book one kind of deal with him, and then she, his son, the Prince, 
of the Northern King, which is like a tyrant kingdom that's fucked everything up and destroyed the High Mountain Court before the events of the first book. And then he's just like, I'm not like my dad, but I've had to pretend to be like my dad for some time just in order to survive. That's something that's happened in a lot of these books. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I thought he's kind of morally great because he has done some pretty reprehensible stuff Mm -hmm. in order to keep his secret and keep himself safe. And in order to be able to, like, kind of protect the kingdom from within. Yeah. Like, the decisions made. Mm. Because he's known as the witch killer. Yeah. And Remy hates him. And Rua kind of goes to get away from Remy because of, like, family stuff. Rua goes with him to kind of keep an eye on the Northern Court and help set things back up and, like, help save the witches that have been kind of enslaved in the Northern Court Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And in that process, she's going through her own trauma that she's healing from um and then she kind of discovers that he's just like just as damaged mm. but he's done some pretty dodgy stuff and continues to unapologetically do what he must to protect i think um people he cares the about the sign of a good fantasy series is damaged characters mm. <laughs> i've just realized zodiac academy should probably be on this list Oh, yeah, probably. I'll add it on for future people. Mm. It's on the list now, guys. I don't know if it was on the, the full list that was on it my blog, because I had 40 on my blog. Yeah, it might have been one I just mm. didn't uh, add on. Look at us. Very little tangenting. Yeah, we got through that. the full list. Um, <gasps> so, yeah, I would say Witch's Blades, definitely. Mm. Um, I haven't read The Road Crown, so I cannot comment on that one. Um, I don't think they're morally grey in that one. Um, so Just badass warriors. Each book in the series like follows a different kind of romance trope mm. as well, so they're very fun to read. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely someone who like loves the genre. You can yeah. just tell. It's yeah. like a love letter to the genre. That's all yeah, always definitely. said about these books. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy them. Mm. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, and okay, Alfred is a, a babe if you follow her on TikTok. Yeah, she's really fun to follow on TikTok. Yeah. Um, but Evergreen Air is a non-binary neurodivergent main character. Oh, that sounds good. Because um, it's a story of Nilo. Yes. Yeah. Took me a while there. It was a while ago I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I read the how, how the High Mountain Court as an arc, so mm. it's been a long time since I read that. Yeah. I want to do a reread. I think that's another one where you recommended it to me and then I've gone and bought the whole series and read the whole series. <laughs> is there? Has it been re-edited for the... Harper Voyager edition. I haven't reread the first one mm. since they were re-released as yeah. traditional published, so I don't know. Mm. I because I've re-listened on Audible. I haven't re-read because when I re-read it, mm. I might pick up the new one and just mm. read that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that was like quite a good list. It was a mixture. Yeah. Obviously, it's always gonna lean more uh, fantasy because that is our reading taste. So I mean to share some with us when I did put the list together I went from I went on Goodreads I went on Storygraph I went on a bunch of different sites and then I also went through a bunch of TikToks which is why I ended up being 40 books long yeah and I put my my list together yeah and so, then I've gone and handpicked some out of it so we actually want to talk about it. yeah <laughs> I was um, specifically looking for ones that we've read or want to read yeah that's a good little list mm. So I've uh, already read or I want to read. Yeah. yeah. But 100% I've running on that list. 
But yeah, I think that was good. Please give us some um, recommendations on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm still going to plug it even though I've yet to put anything on there. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook and a LinkedIn. You can follow our website, which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. And on there, you can send us any recommendations of mm-hmm. videos or books. If you're an indie author, there's a submission form on there for us to discuss mm-hmm. your book. Um, please rate, follow, download, subscribe, whatever the option is on whichever platform you listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. And um, that really helps us, especially um, going forward, because we want to try and get some sponsors. Start um, some <laughs> and if you just like to listen at work and you can't listen to your Spotify or whatever, um, you can put us on on YouTube and just have us on in the background there. Yes. So yeah, that's Come my, my, my one podcast <laughs> I do re- regularly. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> or you can listen to the episodes on the blog if it's updated. So yeah, um, you can find us everywhere on our homepage. It's always the um, it it's a feed. It in. Yeah, so the homepage is always running up to date, whether or not I've done the blog post. <laughs> there we go. So come follow us everywhere. Give us some love. Yeah, come love us. <laughs> we work so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Speak to you Bye. soon. Have a good week.